Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of WWT Experts. My name is Matthew Coble, and I'll be your host today as usual. And today we are talking with WWT expert Christine Fierro about robust and resilient networks. Christine has over 15 years of experience working in optical networking, and since joining Worldwide Technology in 2014, she has helped grow our optical networking practice, and really our networking practice in general. And she now leads a team of passionate, talented individuals who are covering really three main areas, core networking, edge to cloud, and mobility and internet of things. Christine also leads our Women in Global Solutions and Architecture group, which is part of Worldwide Technologies' broader employee resource group initiative. And that, that group that she leads focuses on awareness, support, and advancement of women in technology. And she's also kind of one of the key technology leads in that ERG initiative overall. So please welcome Christine Fierro. Christine, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Matt. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Good to Looking see you, too. I uh, appreciate you coming. Well, let's jump in. So in our most recent WWT Research Networking Priorities Report, and for those of you tuning in, you can check that out on WWT.com, you, know, you talk about the need for networking leaders to buck the status quo. So what do you mean by that? I know, probably not a term that you hear very often, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, essentially kind of what I mean by that is really don't continue to do things the way that you know you've always done them the way they've always been done um make sure that you you change it right go with don't go with the flow so historically we've we've had customers and clients that just you know this is the way they've always done it that's the way they're going to continue doing it whether it's the same vendor same solution whatever the case may be and so it's really just bucking the status quo when it comes to that, right? Don't, don't do it just because you've always done it that way. So hopefully that provides a little bit more insight. Yeah, I like it. Um, so I appreciate that that is, you know, your position on that. And I like that you're bringing that new thinking. So what, what are the trends out in the marketplace that are causing you to think that people need to th think outside the box like that? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple. Um, but really, I think that the pandemic kind of initiated a lot of it, right? Mm -hmm. And what happened was we had this perfect storm that kind of, you know, came about. And the first part of that is really people switching to remote work and remote work like fully, you know, we, we went from on, a, let's say a Monday, people being in an office and that's solely where they work. That's what they did to maybe Tuesday. Everybody was working remote, working from home. Right. And that was a big change for a lot of people. Um, so being able to support that, right. is part of it. But then also, the supply chain issues that we saw in, you know, early on in the pandemic or, or partway through. And, and most of those are, you know, alleviated now, but both of those kind of created, like I said, that perfect storm of, oh, how are we going to support this? Maybe that's something we've never supported before, but then also coupled with the fact that how are we going to be able to get the solutions and the parts that we need to be able to support that, right? Um, so I think that caused a lot of people to, you know, have to think a little bit differently and, and maybe not do things the way that they had done them continuously in the past. But then also the second kind of piece to that, I would say, is, is really just the network itself and thinking about, you know, the demands on the network as well as of the network, you know, they're changing, they're increasing and being able to cope with that. Right. So not only, you know, the people aspect, and like I said, 
being from in an office to now a remote location, but also where your applications or your work workloads are has also changed. You know, it, they may not be on-prem anymore. They may be fully in the cloud. They may be a combination of on-prem and in the cloud. And so making sure that you still are able to provide that same experience, positive experience, you know, not just any experience, but a positive one, um, to your employees as they try to access all of these applications and workloads and, and do their work from wherever they may be. I think kind of those are the, the two big ones, I think, that have caused people to step outside, the, you know, their comfort zone, think outside the box and, and really kind of change the way that they do things today. Yeah, well, it's, it's great to hear that, you know, people are sort of embracing that need to kind of think outside the box and uh, change some things up. But I imagine that as you work with clients at Worldwide Technology and look at the market more generally, that you still see a lot of barriers out there to the change that you're talking about. So what, what are some of those barriers that our clients are experiencing? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, the first one I would say, it's not as much of an issue now, but it definitely was, you know, earlier this year, end of last year, was the supply chain issues, right? And the fact that people couldn't get the parts that they wanted. Like we were seeing lead times, you know, of up to a year for some of these things, which is just nuts to think about, right? Because there's innovation and constant change in this industry so fast that if you place an order now and you wouldn't get it until, you know, a year from now, how, how does that work? Right. Um, so that definitely was a barrier of, okay, well, what can I, what can I do with what's available at, at this moment, right? This instance in time. Um, the second one, I think, and actually the second and third one kind of go, you know, hand in hand together, but it's lack of awareness, right? Or education. And a lot of people may just not have known what was out there in the industry, right? Like what had changed, what direction the trends were going. Um, and so kind of overcoming that, right? Being, make, making sure that you get educated and, and just have that awareness of what's going on within the industry. And then tie that with, you know, lack of talent and expertise. So you may have a fantastic staff, but they may be really good at, at this one thing, right? Or these two things, but this new solution that you might need to look at or, or implement, they might not have that expertise. And so that's an issue, right? But then even say, okay, you have the staff and, and they can, you know, get ramped up on it. Time might be an issue, right? You may have to implement it much quicker than they would even have the time to come up to speed on it. Um, or if you want to hire somebody externally, maybe there's not enough talent out there to pull from, right? To be able to hire somebody. So I know that was kind of a lot, but I, I think that those two are kind of tied together when it comes to, you know, the expertise, the education, and then um, the talent itself. Yeah. Well, you're speaking of that some, and I know that there's some challenges there, and you're talking a little bit about how to overcome them, but I also want to you know, ask you more, I guess, directly. I love this idea of bucking the status quo. So how can network leaders really do that within the organization and, and make those changes happen within their business, within their marketplace, and, and how they do the work for and even with their other, the rest of their leadership and team internally? Yeah. Uh, it's not easy. I mean, yeah, I'm going to tell you that, not. right? Like it's a hard, yeah, it's a hard thing that is not going to be, you know, a one and done or a flip a switch overnight. But, um, I think the first thing is just be open to change, right? Have an open mind. Um, like I said, there's constant innovation happening within this industry, you know, on a, on a regular basis and, and things move quickly. They adapt quickly. They change quickly. So just know, 
that there may be something else out there today that is a better fit or a better solution to the thing that maybe you implemented two, three, five, even, even 10 years ago, right? Um, so I think that's the first one, right? Have an open mind and, and be open to change. Um, the second one I would say is when you are looking at those solutions, you know, understand that you should look at the broader picture. So don't think of, hey, I, I need to solve X. I'm only going to look at solutions for X. Also look at, well, if I step, take a step back and kind of look at my network as a whole or look at you know, the holistic picture of what I'm trying to do, you might find a better solution that, that's a better fit that covers you know, multiple boxes that maybe you need to check. And maybe some of those boxes you didn't even know you needed to check, right? Um, so I think just being aware of that and, and understanding that it never is a one size fits all and, and what works for, you know, customer A over here is, may not necessarily work for customer B, but finding that solution that is the best fit for your needs is, is really what's key. Right. And so again, kind of being open to that, understanding what's out there, looking at the broader picture, um, which could entail, you know, implementing maybe a new vendor, a new technology, or, or even a combination of both. Well, Christine, I want to you know, build on that a little bit and ask you an additional question about that. So as you look at the marketplace and you obviously are working a lot with different leaders uh, within the networking space, do those leaders typically have the confidence to do this and really tackle the change that, that you are describing today? Or are they you know, scared about it, worried about it? So for those that are confident, why are they confident? For those that aren't, how do you instill that confidence in them uh, to make it okay to do these things? Yeah, I would say it's probably a mix, right? You know, mm -hmm. of, of who's confident, who's not. Um, and I think that that's true with everything, right? Not everyone's going to be confident right away. Um, but I think just providing, you know, the opportunity to evaluate these new things, right? Or to take a look around or um, to make a suggestion of, Hey, I know we've, we've always done this this way, or we've always had this solution and, but I think this might be a better fit. I think we might want to look at this. I think providing those opportunities, being open to those things, like I said, is really how you can build the confidence of people. So don't immediately shut them down, right? Don't immediately just be like, no, we're not doing that. That's a silly idea. That's, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I think those are the best ways to, Kind of build that confidence and then you'll have people that will come to you with hey let's do this let's do that because diverse thought right diverse ideas a diverse group of people is really the best way to move forward and, and to find the best fit for whatever you're trying to do you don't want everybody to think the same way right or to have the same ideas or you know that that one mind mentality so creating an environment like that i think is is key to success that's cool. And I imagine that, you know, some of the time you're having to really kind of instill that sort of confidence in our, our clients and the network leaders that you're working with. It also, you know, strikes me that part of the challenge here with this uh, topic we're talking about relates to broader sets of people in the organization, business processes, technology processes. So I wonder if you'd speak for a moment to, you know, how we should keep those in mind as well. Yeah. Um I would say definitely people is, is the key part, right? And it, it, particularly in kind of two ways. So collaboration and then the training aspect. And from a collaboration perspective, what I really mean by that is when you look at the networks that are out there today, 
we're no longer having as many of the silos, right? Like this is the networking piece. This is the security piece, or, you know, this is the optical piece. This is the routing piece. There's a lot of, um, cross, you know, collaboration that is needing to happen between the teams to make these networks function, you know, to implement them, to, to run them on a, a daily basis. And I, I think that's going to continue growing into the future. Right. And it's only going to get more kind of intertwined between all these different teams. So having that collaborative environment between the teams and having them work together it is a very much a, a big key to success here. Um, you know, for instance, when it comes to something like SASE or SSE, you know, it, that takes the networking teams and the security teams, and they really need to work together. And then same with a uh, converged, converged transport network. So if you think of historically, the optical teams and the routing teams have been very separate, very distinct. But when you implement a converged architecture, those teams have to work together. And there's a little bit of, you know, cross training, so to speak, that needs to happen between them. So that, that's the second piece, right, is, is the training piece and ensuring that the, the, your opportunity, like your employees, your, um, you yourself have opportunities to get that training that you need and providing the training, you know, for your employees or the opportunities to get that training it could be virtual, could be in person, you know, whatever the case may be, but also don't keep it just focused on the area that they know today. Right. So we talked about the, the collaboration, allow them to grow beyond and expand beyond their current focus area and really extend their knowledge, you know, go outside their comfort zone um, into areas that they don't already have as a, a current skill set. So I think cross training will continue to be just like collaboration, you know, and increasingly important as we maintain, you know, and implement our networks going forward. Mm -hmm. Well, so Christine, as organizations you know move through all of these changes, you know what are the measures of success that they should be looking to to you know measure the progress along the way? <laughs> I wish that there was like a magic wand, you know, or checklist, and <laughs> yeah. you could just be like, okay, I got one, two, and three, I'm good, you know. Right. Um, but unfortunately, I <laughs> I don't think it works that way. However, I think there are a couple things that you know people can pay attention to or or try to make sure is happening right within their organization. Um, first and foremost, I would say, you know, don't be complacent. You know, so we talked about at the beginning, don't keep doing something just because that's the way you've always done it, or that's the way it's always been done. Um, make sure that why you're doing it is because it is the right thing. And it is the right fit. Um, and that could be, you know, applied to both the, the network side and the people side. Right. Um, and even if, let's say you decide, Hey, we're, we want to look at something else. We want to look at the alternatives. We want to see what's out there. Even if you don't make a change, that's totally fine. At least, you know, right. Kind of where things are headed and, and what's different compared to what you currently have today. And, and I think that's really key. Um, second, I would say in relation to the cross collaboration piece, right. Make sure that you're providing the opportunities for the teams to collaborate and to work together and, and pay attention to if that's happening. And if it's not, well, why not? Are they not getting the opportunity to work together? Is there some barrier, you know, within the organization that's causing them to, you know, not work together, whether it's physically or virtually, um, is the culture, you know, not that type of a culture. So I think some things there to just consider as well and, and kind of dig into and, and ask why, if it's not happening. 
And then the last one I would say would probably be, and, and I guess this was, you know, a little bit more of a quote technical answer versus the non-technical ones I've been talking about, but look at your network and, and how it's performing, right? If, if it's not able to adapt to change, you know, quickly or make additions or um, adapt to the increase in demands that you're putting on it, that might be a problem, right? Um, you might want to evaluate whether there's something else that better that's out there. So asking the questions of, Hey, is my network supporting what I need today? Um, can it easily add, you know, additions and, and changes? Can I support new features? You know, if the answers to those questions are no, probably time to think about potentially looking at something else or see if there's a better fit out there. So just doing those check-ins, right? Yeah. Whether it's the people, the network, just making sure that you're checking in and asking the why. Cool. Well, Christine, I imagine you're working a lot with various WWT clients, and you probably got some good examples of uh, organizations that are doing a good job of kind of embracing the change you're talking about here. Can you, any stories you yeah. can share about uh, how organizations do this, how some of our clients are making this happen? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we've definitely seen an increase in, in this over the last, I would say, year or so. And, and like I mentioned in the beginning, it's really driven from the pandemic, right? So we've had quite a few clients that have kind of, you know, popped up out of having their head down, whatever, you know, the hole that they, they might've been in just doing their thing and kind of looking around and being like, huh, like it, it looks a little bit different out here. You know, like what, what else is out here from a, a solution perspective? Um, now it's a good thing, right? That, that that's happening because they are getting to, see, you know, the evolution of technology in that particular space or just as a whole and in the industry of all the changes that are happening and, and taking place. And like I said, there's constant innovation here and um, things change at a rapid pace. So something you implemented, you know, five years ago could be very different from what it looks like today. Um, so we have had clients that have fully changed, you know, OEMs or, or vendors. Um, we have had ones that have changed solutions completely. You know, maybe they started with something that was very kind of siloed and they've now broadened that and, and kind of done a more holistic picture. So like, for instance, going to a converged architecture, right? Um, and then we've also had some that have done both. You know, they may have stuck with the same, the, the first two I said, right? They may have stuck with the same vendor and just changed kind of holistic architecture, but we've also had some that have changed vendor and architecture at the same time. And so a lot of that, like I said, came from what we've seen over the last couple of years with the pandemic and just people seeing what else is out there and realizing that the industry and, and the market has drastically changed potentially from when they first implemented something. Um, you know, in, in our process of doing this too, we have seen it, quite an increase in helping customers do that evaluation, right? So say they want to know more about a technology and kind of continue that education piece. Um, we've had a lot more interaction with kind of the briefings that the team does, the, the workshops, um, proof of concepts, right? To evaluate, like I said, okay, is this, is vendor A better or is vendor B better? Cause I'm not really sure, right. To kind of do that apples to apples comparison and really make the choice that's, that's best for them. Cause it is not a one size fits all. Right. Um, but then on the education piece for the, for the people, right. Which I, I said was equally important is we have labs and learning paths 
that we have seen a huge increase in, right, of people utilizing on our platform. And they go there just for the, the education aspect, right? Being able to get that hands-on time to learn a, to, a new technology that maybe is outside of their current skill set, outside of their comfort zone. Um, in addition to, you know, all the, the normal things we have, like the articles and, and things like that. So um, it's been really exciting for the team. They've been super busy this year, kind of with all of this stuff that has been going on. But long-winded answer of <laughs> saying yes, we have a lot of clients that have um, really kind of started to evaluate and look at it and even change, you know, what their current architecture is and, and how things work today. All right. Well, Christine, I've got one more question for you. We've got a little extra time. Um, always like to have our experts look ahead a little bit, right? So with things coming around, you know, everybody's talking about artificial intelligence right now. I know there are evolutions in the security space that are going on uh, that affect networks. And then, of course, you know, different changes and evolutions in mobility, edge computing, right? So it's just technology. Technology is continually changing and changing quickly. So my two questions for you are number one, like is all of this evolution making it easier for people to buck the status quo or is it making it more difficult? And then the second part is like, what, what other trends and things you're looking forward to seeing in the coming years uh, that are gonna have a great impact on the work that you do? Yeah, no, great question. Um, I think it's twofold with the, you know, does it make it easier? I think yes, in a way it does. Um, it, all these new technologies and innovations provide options, right? They provide new alternatives. They provide advancements to what we currently have today. On the flip side, okay, now you have all these more options. So which one do you pick, right? Or how do you make them all work together? So I think there could be a little bit of, of complexity there, but as you know, we continue to go forward, I think it will make it easier into the future. Um, especially as things get ironed out, they're more popular, more integrated, you know, things like that. Um, and then for, for trends, you know, you, you touched on AI, right? We, we see that one today, especially in the mobility space um, of just helping to correlate, hey, there, there's all these issues that are happening, like what's the root cause, right? So I think that one's gonna continue being big with networking, um, you know, have, it has an effect on it. It's definitely impacting it. I think that's gonna continue to grow. Um, some of the other trends I think that I kind of see, and some of these I think are a little bit further out. They may not necessarily be as close, you know, as in, within a year or two, some of them may be five or, or more on the horizon, I would say, um, but things like, you know, network as a service. Um, we don't get asked a ton about that today, but there are instances where it does make sense, right? And I think that given time, that probably will continue to grow that model. And, and it may be, you know, kind of like with cloud, you know, initially people were like, I'm not putting my stuff in the cloud, no way. Well, look at what happened now, you know, cloud is like exploded. So I think potentially we, we could get there with network as a service. Um, some of the others would be, you know, the private cellular space and kind of the things that are happening there for specific use cases like manufacturing and um, industrial and, and things like that. But then also, you know, some really far out things like quantum, you know, quantum computing and how that's going to affect in particular the optical space and doing the quantum encryption and things like that. So not going to get into details there, but those are just kind of some of the things that we're seeing, which are pretty, pretty interesting going forward and definitely I'm interested to see how they kind of pan out and how they turn out. Excellent. Well, Christine Fierro, always great to talk with you. Thanks for stopping by and joining us today. Thanks for coming. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It was great.
Yeah. And thank you for joining us as well. Uh, we've got a great catalog of WWD Experts events coming up on the calendar. The archives are available to watch on demand anytime. Head out to WWT.com to check that out. Uh, WWT.com slash events will get you right there. Uh, those of you joining us today, you know, might get a survey in the next couple of days. Love to hear your feedback. And you're welcome to get in touch with me, with Christine, with any questions that you may have. And that's a wrap for today. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next time.